0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. You know, our greatest problem in life is not the devil. It's not the world. It's not this or that. The greatest problem in life is you. Amen. Because look at God has equipped you. How many know God's equipped us? Amen. He's given us salvation salvation is complete the book of hebrews says that jesus saves to the uttermost are you hearing what i'm saying you're saved all the way the work of christ is not halfway it's not part way it's not like okay it's good for right now and when heaven he's going to finish it no you are saved all the way now Amen. You are fully a son or a daughter, a child of God now. All your sins have been forgiven. Can you say amen? amen? God doesn't forgive just part of them right now, and it's like, okay, this is a down payment for forgiveness to come. No, God has done all of it now. Amen. amen. And so the only thing the devil can do in your life is what you allow him to do. Can you say amen? And so sometimes, and well, not sometimes, that's the wrong word, all the time, the thing that we're really fighting is us. We're fighting our own mindset, our own um, you know, insecurities, our own difficulties, our own problems with things and the way we think and how we go. And, and so, you know, through this prayer journey for me, God has been helping me overcome me and overcome what's inside of me, and it's been really a very wonderful journey. Has it not been easy? When God takes you on the journey, he does not take you through the smooth and straight way. He generally takes you through the scenic route, amen, and he moves stuff around and he he, he, you know, have you ever seen those videos where those guys got, you know, one tire hanging off and it's a, you know, 4,000 foot cliff and, 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 and then they got to pass somebody and it's like, I don't know. That's, that's the road Jesus takes us on and he says, and he's driving, he goes, I got this. I got this. And he goes, even if we fall off, we're going to be okay because there's angels going to hold us up. And I'm like, where are they? I don't see them. And, and he's like, no, no, just trust me. It's okay. So this morning, I, I want to continue on with this thought and share a little bit more uh, with my, about my prayer journey. And a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the mystery of prayer. and We, 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 we answered the question, why, is, why does a God who is all-powerful, why would he choose to limit himself to the prayers of his children? And what we saw is we saw that God is determined to use us to establish his kingdom on the earth. Can you say amen? What we saw is that he is committed to the principle of enforcing the victory of the cross through our lives. That's what God wants to do. See God didn't God God has no problem on his own. How many how many know that God is completely self-sufficient? God is able all by himself, but God chose to work with us, and so therefore he limited himself through, uh, uh, by us to work with us through prayer. Can you say amen? And he's passionate about destroying the works of the devil through something as simple as prayer. But there is a problem with prayer. And here's the problem. It doesn't always work the way I want it to. The lights are a little bright, so I'm just going to check to see if everybody's on board with that. Prayer doesn't always work the way I want it to. Sometimes I pray and nothing happens. Just checking. So it appears. And in some cases, when I pray... Just the opposite happens. Did, did something happen? Are, are, are lights dimming? Are, are, something's happening. Thank God my prayers are being answered. Hallelujah. And sometimes, just the, like the lighting, it can be a real source of frustration. Amen. Amen. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever wondered why is this? I mean, after all, Jesus said in Mark 23, Mark 9:23, he said, "If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes." And then he says, in Matthew 21:22, "And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive." He didn't stutter. He didn't trip over his words. He didn't hold back. He he was pretty direct. Amen? But yet there's this problem. It doesn't always work the way I want it to. And these verses seem to be the exception, not the rule. Are you with me? So I have to ask the question, why? And if we are honest... We all will admit we struggle with this. When we pray, we don't always see the answer we want to. And the problem of prayer is a real one. Yet God commands us to pray anyway. Are you hearing me? And again, I ask, why? Why does this problem exist? See, the thing that I have noticed, not only in my life, but in others as well, is we tend to flirt with doubt and uncertainty when it comes to our prayers. Isn't that right? We tend to flirt with doubt and uncertainty. We, you know, we will pray, but sometimes we hesitate. We're just not sure. We're You know, flirting with that, I don't know. I'll pray, but I'm not really sure. See, there are many today who have deep devotional habits of prayer and intercession, but they're just never quite sure that they've prevailed because their faith is tentative, uncertain, and oftentimes mixed with doubt. Listen to me. Large segments of the body of Christ are baffled by this problem. It seems for many, regardless of their discipline in prayer, they still never qu- are never quite sure it has made any real difference. No doubt they are standing in belief, in faith, believing. They're holding to the promises of the Word of God. But as they patiently wait on God for the answer, they struggle with their faith. Can you say amen? Now, I want to give you a living illustration of what I'm talking about. And if my lovely assistant, Mike, would come up. Give Mike a great big hand as he comes up. I want to show you what this kind of looks like. In my mind, prayer oftentimes looks like a roulette wheel. And so this is sometimes how I think I, I'll just put myself online, how I approach prayer. It's like, okay, God, I, you know, this is what I'm shooting for right here answered. That's what I want. I want answered prayer. I want an answer to my prayer. Amen. Is that what you want? But it could be healing, finances, direction, salvation for a loved one. It could be just God showing up, whatever. I just want an answer. And so, God, would you please, would you please? God, I just, I'm praying. Lord, I'm, I'm believing you, God. I, I'm believing, I'm believing. Father, your word says, and I command the devil in the name of Jesus, uh, you will submit. And oh, my Lord, Father. Father, please answer this prayer already. Father, oh, oh, oh! That was Holy Ghost right there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! We were really close to the answer on that one. Wow! <laughs> oh wait, what? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not serving. I'm. It's impossible. Oh, I got sin, pride. I lack faith. I pride. F- oh, I got too much pride. God's not going to answer my prayer. Ah, oh, my gosh. Okay, well, back to the drawing board. Okay, so I go to well-meaning Christian. Just pray again. Lord, please, please, Father, would you please, please? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray I'm, pray, I'm believing in faith. I've got your word, Lord. I, I got your word. Oh, I almost got my prayer answered again. Ha. <laughs> oh, we're getting closer. Jesus, he's hearing me. <laughs> oh, man, I This is probably prophetic. The point is here's the point The point is it doesn't matter what you fall on it doesn't matter what doesn't matter if you don't deserve it or sin or unimportant or you're not in his will or god's too busy or sin again and or you're not serving or you know it doesn't matter The point is is we're approaching it as if it was a game of chance We're approaching prayer as if somehow we're spinning a roulette wheel rather than talking to our Father. We're just not sure, we're not convinced yet that He's for us. That He actually meant what He said in the Word. Because what we're doing is we're going, well, I've had experiences before and we forget that our experiences really are the offshoot of our life, not His. And what's happening, we're allowing our experiences to define our prayer life rather than his promises to define our prayer life. And so if it doesn't work out the way we want, when we want, how we want, then apparently it must not be God's will or I got too much sin or I don't read my Bible enough or I don't have enough whatever to make this happen or I got too much of something. Are you hearing me? And so I approach prayer oftentimes like a roulette wheel and sometimes what happens is I'm playing this game of chance and the reality is the effectiveness of my prayer can be greatly hindered because I have not solidified my faith. I am simply not convinced. Listen to uh, our text, Romans chapter four, verses 19 and 21. It says, Abraham's faith, did not weaken even though he knew that he was too old to be a father at the age of 100. And Sarah, his wife, had never been able to have children. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and and in this he brought glory to God. He was absolutely convinced that God was able to do anything he promised. See, the thing that we need to see in this scripture is, number one, uh, Abraham's faith was not weakened by his circumstances. In other words, he did not go by what he saw. What he saw was not the last word. What God promised was the last word. We don't go by what we see, we go by what's eternal, right? The things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal, Abraham's circumstances did not define his faith, but the promises of God defined his faith. The second thing is Abraham didn't waver between believing and unbelieving. He settled the issue. I don't care if I'm 400. God said, I'll be the father of many nations, and therefore it will happen, however God choose to make it happen. And the, fifth, or the third thing is, as he brought glory to God... His faith grew stronger, and as his faith grew stronger, it brought glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I know this morning what you're thinking. I I know. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you've probably heard all this before, all right? You're probably sitting there going, oh, I've heard all this before. You know, here we go again. Another preacher going to tell me I don't have enough faith again. It's all my fault, isn't it, preacher? It's all my fault. I am the problem. It's always me, isn't it? I don't have enough faith. The reason, see, that's the problem with you preachers. The way you clean up your prayer thing is you just look at me and blame me that I don't have enough faith. Right? That's what we're thinking. Well, here's what I do know. I may not know about that. But here's what I do know. It surely isn't God. God's not the problem in the equation. And as far as faith goes, triumphant faith, victorious faith is aggressive. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the title deed of what is already yours. Faith is the assurance that God is faithful to all that he has promised. Faith is the dynamic by which God has brought this realization to my life. Are you hearing me? So if we're all going to be honest, I mean, if we're going to be really honest, our faith could use a little encouragement, couldn't it? And since we have yet to come to a place of faith without doubt... Our prayers can get bogged down in frustration and defeat, right? I hope what you get from this is not a rebuke, but you get the fact that I'm just saying what we already struggle with. Amen? Many times what happens is we're finished way before we ever start. So what can be done to overcome this? So what can be done this morning, to overcome this. It's so simple. It is so simple, it can be completely overlooked. The answer to the problem of prayer, the answer to faith mixed with doubt, is one thing, very simple. It's a thing called praise. It's a thing called praise. Now, please listen to me. So much has been taught on prayer. We know that prayer is a cornerstone of the Christian life. But oftentimes, in comparison, little is understood about praise, its power, and its significance that it brings to our prayers and ultimately our faith. Are you hearing me? Yet in the Bible... There is so much more said about praise than there ever is about prayer. Are you hearing me? When you take a time, uh, take time to examine what the Bible says about praise, you will find out that all that God created the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the galaxies, even. Everything that walks on the planet, every bird, every fish in the ocean, every man, woman, and child is one grand chorus of praise to the God of creation. <clears throat> Are you hearing me? Yeah. Psalms 145.10 says this, all your works shall praise you, O Lord, your saints shall bless you. I was reading a book the other day, was reading about a woman's testimony about she went through some really hard time, very, very difficult time, and was having a hard time overcoming. So she began this journey of praise and she realized that the flowers, the very flowers that were outside her window, her bedroom window, were created. God showed her, I created those flowers to show you how much I love you. And she was able to see that through her praise. And as she began to connect. She began to become aware. I, you know, people ask me, believe it or not, this question comes to me more than you would imagine. Do you believe there are other people on other planets? And I don't know. There could be. Don't know, don't care. Okay, but it is no stretch for my imagination today to believe that God created all the heavens, the moon, the stars all the galaxies, the 17 billion miles or billion light years in one direction, all just to communicate, he loves me. That's not a stretch. That's how big his love is. Can you say amen? And all of that is a chorus of praise to our God. Praise, listen to me, praise is the highest occupation of angels. The Bible says in Revelations 4.8, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. In Revelations 5, 11, and 12, it says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, Uh, And thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. One man said this, surely that which occupies the total time and energies of heaven must be a fitting pattern for earth. We have so much to praise God for. Can you say amen? And there is such great power and giving glory and honor to our Father in heaven. Yet often, our daily struggles and the demands of life can crowd out our praise. Oh, we might check in with the worship box. We might check the worship box at church and somehow think we're good for the week. We sing a song or we listen to music and then we go home, but nothing changes. Same problems, same hurdles, same Frustrations, we're still struggling, still tired, and maybe even wondering where is God in all of this? And in the end, praising God is not very high on our priority list. And it's in those moments of life where our faith begins to be challenged and our prayers are hindered. Sometimes praising God is a real sacrifice. Some things praising God is the absolute last thing I want to do. I'm hurting. I'm sick. I am overwhelmed. I am bewildered. I am confused. And the last thing I want to do is take all of that, put it over there and say God, you're good and I glorify your name. That's the last thing I want to do because it's not it's not in me. It's not in my nature to do that. Can you say amen? But let me assure you, if you will do that, it will make lasting, a dif- lasting difference. When we make that decision to fix our eyes on him and give him daily praise, no matter what is staring us straight in the face, we suddenly realize that God has already begun to release the grip of those struggles that can overwhelm us. Are you hearing me? See, there is power in acknowledgement that he is worthy, that he is above everything. His spirit urges us onward, to press close into him. It doesn't matter how good or bad we feel. It doesn't matter if we like upbeat music or we like re- reflective songs or traditional hymns. It doesn't matter if we're alone or with, we're with a few or in a big group. What matters is this, having our hearts in tune with God and the king. Can you say amen? Man was created to live and breathe in an atmosphere of praise-filled worship to his creator. The avenue of a sustaining flow of divine power is kept open when we praise him on a daily basis. We know, church, we know, we preach it here all the time, that our daily lives should include a time of prayer and being in the word. Can you say amen? There is no substitute for the word of God. And we should pray without ceasing, the Bible tells us. He longs to fellowship with us. He longs to commune with us. He longs to daily interact with us through prayer, conversation with the Father and his word. But that communion and that interaction should be filled with praise. Psalms 100, verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. When we approach him, we should approach him in praise and worship. We should move into each day knowing that this praise filled walk with God is not fanatical. It's not for the fanatical few, but it's a walk of life that delivers power to those who would believe in Jesus and daily glorify His name. See, praise and worship is so often misunderstood this morning as being the musical prelude to the sermon. So often we look at what we do here on stage as being... The warm-up, you know, every really good comedian has a warm-up comedian, right? You know, every really good hot band has a warm-up band, right? It's kind of like we get the worship team up here to warm you up. For me, because I'm so hot, Rob. But praise and worship is so much, infinitely more. Praise and worship is the means by which we as the people of God invite His dominion, His kingdom to influence our lives. Are you hearing me? Why? Why is this? Because Psalms 22 22 verse 3 says the king of kings is literally enthroned in our praises. That word enthroned, the literal Hebrew meaning of that word is he makes a habitation. He doesn't just come by for a visit. He takes up residence. He lives in the praises of his people. Why would we ever do anything else? We say with our mouth, I want God in my life, yet we refuse to praise him. You say, what do you mean? I'm not refusing. No, no. Look at, and we'll talk about this more later in another sermon. Look at the Bible says not John Poole. The Bible says praise is the fruit of your lips. Well, I'm just not that wild and crazy. Neither am I. I'm a rather cautious, conservative individual. I'm not given to wild, fancy displays of emotion, although I do cry like a baby at panda bears. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. I've, I've crossed the line in my age. I don't like cold no more. I can't eat as much, which that's probably a good thing. And I cry at everything. I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm, I need a hormone shot or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's probably too much information. But church, we've got to come to this place where we realize that, you know what, God not only deserves, he requires us to praise him, not because he's in heaven needing to be encouraged. He's not wringing his hands, talking to Gabriel and Michael, going, I'm just not sure I'm really a good God. I, you know, if they would just tell me how good I am, I would feel better about myself. No, it has really, ultimately, ultimately, it don't have anything to do with him. It has everything to do with you, praise really in the end even though we direct it to him it is his gift to us it's him helping us because in this atmosphere where worship ushers in the presence of god four critical things happen number one the word of god becomes life not just an intellectual exercise number two the power of god begins to throw flow through us and crowds out hell. See, when you're, when you're bombarded in your mind and that tormenting spirit is lying to you, when you praise him, you can push out hell. You can shut that devil's mouth. Number three, faith is established through our praise. Faith is established and solidified because his word and his kingdom are established through praise. See, when you begin to, when you take the word of God, see, church, when you take the word of God and you begin to turn it into that praise, Father, I thank you that you are my King of kings and Lord of lords, and I glorify you that you are, in fact, Jehovah Rapha. You are my healer. You are my provider. And, and you begin, you know, your, you meet all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and I glorify, you are able to make all grace abound toward, and you praise him through the word, it will solidify that word in you to where you cannot be talked out of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And number four, his kingdom is established, and he takes up residence, and where, where God is, Nothing that is not God can exist there. And we go back to the Lord's Prayer. Remember, we've talked a lot about it. Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He first extends worship, and then we can pray for his kingdom to come, his will to be done. See, when we pray in a manner that he taught his disciples, we can see really big things to come. Can you say amen? And as we begin to close today, I want you to understand something. Praise and worship is your greatest ministry unto the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In 1 Peter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, but you are a chosen, listen, please listen, you are a chosen generation. A ro- he's not speaking just to that, gen- he's speaking to us. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There are a lot of things in the kingdom of God that are extremely important. But there is none as important as this. And you say, why? Because this will infuse all that with life. Are you hearing me? And as we praise him, as we praise him, listen to me, as we praise him, Our praise and worship must be, it must become a fixed habit. Listen to what I'm saying. It must become a total way of life. Psalms 57, 7 through 11 says, My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake, my glory. Awake, Luke heart. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations for your mercy and riches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. <coughs> be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. He says in this verse, my heart is steadfast. He says, You know what? I have fixed my heart. I've established it. I'm going to praise God. This psalm that we just read, this passage, commentators say that David was running for his life from Saul. Saul wanted to kill him. He's got a there's a whole army. The armies of Judah and Israel were. In hot pursuit of David, they wanted him out. They wanted him over with. All he had was 300 men. But David somehow found time to say, you know what? My heart is steadfast. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm going to glorify you, and I am going to praise you. And it became David's full-time occupation. I've often thought about David, because David isn't the most clean guy. He was a guy that was pretty broken had a lot of glaring flaws, a lot of sin in his life. But somehow he gets this title, a man after God's own heart. And his throne is established forever. And you say, why is that? Because David was the man that established 24-7 praise before the Lord in the tabernacle. And God says, you know what? All of that overrides everything else. This dude, I, got, I can use that guy. Now there are those this morning as we come to an end here that would think that maybe I have overemphasized the importance of praise. I would like to say one thing to you. If, that, if that's how you feel, I, I would like to help you this morning. Consider this before you make that determination. I want to read. This is not going to be on the screen, but I want to read from the Bible. And, and I'm going to read it because I don't, I don't want to miss the, in quoting. I want to read it it's out of 2 Samuel 6 starting in verse 14 it says then David danced before the Lord with all of his might and David was wearing a linen ephod so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sounds of the trumpet now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David Michael, Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord and she despised him in her heart So they brought the ark of the Lord and uh, set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, I might add sarcastically, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself in front of the eyes of the maids of the servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. David kind of got his words in. And all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord of Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will even be more undignified than this, and will humble and I will be humble in my own sight, as before the maidservants of whom you have spoken. By them I will be held in honor. Therefore, listen. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. There's only one moral to that story in the end. Despising praise and worship will lead you barren, will leave you barren. And it's my belief that as I study this subject more and more is that praise and worship is what stirs our faith into action. We know that faith comes by hearing the word of God, but faith that moves Faith that overcomes, faith that prevails, triumphant faith, victorious faith is stirred into action through praise. Therefore, the secret to prayer that overcomes is a faith that is moving, that is victorious, that is triumphant. And the secret to triumphant and victorious faith is a purposeful lifestyle praise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So this morning as we close this, we're, we're, we're very early this morning. We're going to take just a few moments. I asked our worship team to come up. And I asked them to come up because I want them to lead us. You can just stay seated this morning. But I want them to lead us in just some praise and worship. So what I'm asking you to do, I don't know your situation here today. Maybe you're unsaved. Maybe you need healing, deliverance, forgiveness. Maybe you need provision, whatever you need. What I'm asking is let's lay that at the altar and let's lift his name. I want you to praise him. Put your mind on him. Praise God.
1: True you are, you are wake miracle work, a promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are.
2: You are here, touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you.
0: you and we magnify you in this place God we magnify you Lord Jesus and we love you Lord we love you we love you oh church give him a hand clap right now just tell him you love him hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah 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 oh thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah praise God isn't he good you know what today I I just believe look you know, it's, it comes down to a place where some stuff is about experience. And you know what? When I praise God, it makes a difference. And I'm going to tell you, if you and you know what? At first, when I started, trust me, it was like a box falling downstairs and it wasn't even that good. And sometimes I walked away more discouraged than I went in. But I pursued and I persisted. And it got better and better and better and better. So I con- I want to encourage you, pursue this. Don't let this go. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Now, just before you leave, two things. Number one, if you're a visitor here today, remember, the visitor luncheon is going to be at about 12 o'clock, 12.05, 12.10, somewhere in there after uh, 10.30 service. So come on, be a part of that. And also, we're selling T-shirts in the foyer. If you want to just support us, hallelujah, support the, the name. Praise God. God bless you. You're free to go. Have a great day.